Hey everybody, yes, welcome back to the Paid Search Podcast. My name is Jason Rothman. As always, I'm joined by the great Chris Schaefer. Chris, how's it going today? Jason, that smile, that pop just was beautiful. Just instant, Thanks. like the, the curtain comes back and Jason's just all smiles and buttery and happy. I love it. What a, what a professional. Nobody would know that moments ago you were crying in, in just in, in oh, yeah. the depths of, of, of sadness, but... Uh, Boy. No, if I'm sad about anything, it's that I had to be away from you for a full week. Uh, you look one week older, but other than that, oh, how's oh, it going, Chris? Okay. You look good. No, you look good. I'm good. Yeah, Jason, look I... Like, looks like you got a haircut. You got a haircut? I did, yeah. Uh, good. My favorite hairstylist, uh, who I am currently in a relationship with, um, she does great. Yeah. My wife. Good. She, yeah, she did a good job. She yeah. did and the she's, sides. She's a nurse. Her professional career is a nurse, registered nurse, RN. She just picked up cutting hair and is like, hey, I can do a better job than her. And she just did it. And she's right. Well, um, we're all we're all better off for it. So, yeah. Chris, good to see you. Um, we're going to do a Q&A episode. Mm-hmm. I love these episodes. Everyone loves them. Uh, if you have questions about Google Ads or really anything, uh, paidsearchpodcast.com, uh, go to the Ask Us a Question page, the contact page, and uh, send it in, and we'll we'll gather these and put them together for a Q&A show. Uh, YouTube channel is continuing to grow, so we appreciate you all being there. And then we have our archive. The first 100 episodes is available on paidsearchpodcast.com. Chris. Other than that, anything new with you? Anything new with uh, Google Ads or well, what's going on? I, I, I feel, Jason, I really left the ball. Uh, I don't know what the saying is. I dropped the ball. Yeah, there we go. I dropped the ball because I talked about my new truck, uh, you know, and possibly getting a new truck, and I never gave any resolution to that story. And I've gotten people emailing me and asking, like, what'd you do? What'd you do with the truck? So I thought I would, I would share, um, Jason, as you know, uh, I am a Ram man, not Dodge Ram. I've, I've, I've discovered Dodge Ram is, it's no longer Dodge Ram. It's just Ram. So no longer a yeah. Ford man. I, um, happily drive a, uh, a Ram truck that has under a hundred thousand miles. So my family is safe again, Jason. Um, Good. I know you're always concerned about that. So, yeah. Well, good. Uh, yeah, what year is it? It is a 2020. Nice. The best. Good for you, Chris. Best year ever. I mean, I, I wanted something to remember 2020 because <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I, I want to memorialize that great year. You know, everybody's looking forward to that year. When it passed, when it got here, it was just, it was a great year. So I just forever yeah. have that truck to remember that great year. Good, good. Well, I'm um, glad you uh, gave us resolution on that. Yes, and uh, a lot of people wanted that. Hope you're enjoying your RAM. Yes, I am. So, Chris, uh, why don't you tell us about Optio, and then we'll get into the first question, which is about smart bidding, responsive search ads, and broad match, the, the golden triangle. Yes. Well, I want to tell you guys about our sponsor, Optio dot com slash PSP. That is a special URL that we only share here for you to get an exclusive deal for double the free time on this amazing tool. This amazing tool is designed to monitor and diagnose performance issues in your Google ads campaigns. It comes with all the 
assistance and guidance that you need to make a clean decision about should you take path A or B. It's an amazing system in that it doesn't just say, we think that if you click this, things will get better. No, it assumes that you are a smart, well-seasoned thinker in life, right? You're an adult. You can draw your own conclusion. And this tool gives you English written language, not just some kind of, you know, uh, marketing speak that you can't really understand. It's just plain, simple English about here's what we see. Here's the facts, the graphs, the numbers about what we see. And we think you should do this. Do you agree? Yes or no? And then you bam, 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 go down this list on all of your accounts and you can improve. It will save you time. It will save you money because it's super affordable and the eight-week, two-month free trial that you get when you go to optio, O-P-T-E-O dot com slash P-S-P. Okay, thanks, Chris. So let's start off here with uh, Anthony's question. Anthony is from Nashville. I was actually in Nashville last month for a wedding, and we had some hot chicken and did this uh, bicycle ride thing, like a bicycle bar thing. It was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. But yeah, great city. It's on the come up there. Uh, But Anthony from Nashville writes in and his question is about smart bidding and response to search ads and broad match keywords. And so Anthony says, hey, Jason and Chris, longtime listener and big fan of the show, holding out traveling to Sweden until the majority of listeners there only have positive things to say. (laughs) I love that. And uh, we get some reviews from Sweden sometimes, and they're they're less than ideal, I would say. And uh, (laughs) but one thing to compliment the Swedish people, they're they're very honest. Yes. I don't even think they can lie at all. They're very honest. And if uh, they think your show is mediocre, uh, but just good enough to listen to and review, they will let you know. (laughs) Uh, Anthony continues here, any experience tip or tricks you can share regarding Google Ads golden triangle recommendation of responsive search ads plus broad match keywords plus smart bidding. I'm seeing mixed results, but still waiting on lead quality feedback. Just curious if you have any uh, any clients running this and what are your thoughts? So uh, first question there, Chris, do you do broad keywords, smart bidding, and res- well, you got to do responsive search ads yeah. these days, uh, but basically broad match keywords plus smart bidding. How, how big a role does that play in your Google Ads? life? Um, A very minor role for me. If I do it, it is a specific strategy. It is never my main, you know, my my mainstay on on, on Google Ads. It's always a, uh, not always, but 95% of the time, it's a side strategy. Um, I'm very rarely happy with broad keywords, smart bidding, because most of the time, it's in, unless it's a very specific situation, I have no control over the account. I, I can't control exactly what the performance is. And uh, yeah, it, it's very rarely something that I um, pursue as a main uh, campaign. Yeah, I would say um, I'm more and more adding it every week uh, to, oh. to accounts. And we have some specific situation. It's always a specific situation that comes up okay. with like broad match keywords. Okay. Um, Sometimes you get in the spot where it's like there's not enough volume with okay. the exact and phrase match keywords and it's a particular industry and you you want to get some more volume. But more often these days, what's happening is I'm running amazing campaigns, uh, exact match and phrase match, and we're getting amazing leads. Okay. And then the clients want more leads. And we look at our search campaign data. We look at the search impression share. We look at the position data. Sometimes there's not much more you can do without paying a higher cost per lead. Okay. Yeah. And so to get more leads, 
I mean, it's just the truth. One way to get more leads is broad match keywords. It, it can work out pretty good if your goal is to get more leads. The The question is, what is the quality of those leads going to be? And that's kind of the tricky part that comes with experience, knowing the right kind of broad keywords to target, knowing what to bid for those broad match keyword conversions, and maybe you bid less because maybe on average they're lower quality. Maybe they're not, but kind of knowing that and being able to judge that. And then I, I would say one just like management tip that I've come across, running broad keywords with target CPA bidding, Chris, it's a totally different like experience than phrase and exact match keywords. Uh, I run it uh, and then sometimes clients ask about like, well, why do we have a bad click-through rate or why are we showing up on this like borderline search term? And basically you just have to like totally divorce yourself from the traditional statistics on Google ads, like high click-through rate, like uh, really, really high quality search terms because with broad match keywords, we don't really know why we're showing on those search terms. Uh, and we don't know why we're showing up high or low because it combines what we can see in Google ads, the keyword, the bid and all that kind of stuff. But when you run broad match and when you run target CPA, it also factors in the person doing the search. And that's not something we have access to on the management side. So is that kind of connecting with you, Chris? Do you kind of run into those experiences when you are running broad match and target CPA and clients ask about a bad click through rate or they ask why you didn't block that search term? And yeah. How do you deal with those situations? Yeah. Um, so first, uh, perhaps you do it more often than me, but we do, we definitely do agree that it's a secondary strategy. And it sounds like that's what you're basically laying out that this, for lack of a better term, I never call it this, but the golden triangle of these three things together, it's not something that you do as a primary source. It is always a scaling factor. It's a boost factor. It's an add-on to your primary campaign, correct? No, every morning I, I go out and I get my mail and I get uh, weapons pointed at me and yep. they tell me I need uh -huh. to do more broad match keywords. So I'm doing more of them to, yep. uh, to not, uh, to, to basically be able to go out and get my mail the following day. <laughs> uh, and so I have been influenced to do more and more broad match keywords. And I, I am doing this more and more, not as the primary strategy, but in, in some cases, the co-primary strategy. I'm ba basically my life as a Google ads manager these days, Chris is I'm living, I'm living uh, secret lives, two separate lives in, and I have two separate families inside the same accounts in a lot of cases, because mm -hmm. I am doing old school phrasing exact perfect search terms. And that works great. But I have seen corners being turned in the last six months with broad match keywords and with automated bidding. And when I have the correct conversion data in place, and when I'm able to judge the quality of those conversions, I am more open these days to broad match keywords and uh, target CPA bidding because I have seen better performance from it. But I'm not going to say that that doesn't take experience or there's there's not a ton of nuance to that, like the kinds of keywords I target, the kinds of conversions I track for. But I don't know, it just feels like this is kind of the ocean that we're we're swimming in more and more these days. And I've kind of, I've, I've been doing it more and more. Um, hmm. And and part of that is people want more leads. And so it's a great way to get them more leads. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm basically, I've, I've added it on as a, a co-strategy basically. And, and uh, I've seen the corner being turned is just knowing how to kind of approach it. Are we, are we growing more apart? 
It depends if you want to come with me, Chris. I mean, maybe one day you'll start going out and getting your mail and then being uh, having to deal with what I deal with, uh, and you'll you'll join me. But Chris, honestly, um, in all seriousness, I've kind of seen the light, if you will, and uh, it's hard to go back on that kind of volume and the ability to get lower cost per conversion conversions. But it's all about nuance, Chris. It's all about again the kinds of conversions you track, the quality of those conversions, and you have to be very, very disciplined in not letting the data that you see in the account overwhelm your kind of feelings toward broad match and take you and pull you away from phrase and exact and manual bids. Because with performance max, with broad match keywords, a lot of times nominally you'll be, what I've experienced, you'll be getting really, really good results, lower cost per conversion, more conversions, but maybe they're not as good conversion quality. And so you have to kind of weigh that. Um, and in the past month, I've gone too far in the direction of uh, broad match and performance max. And I looked at some accounts and talked with some clients and did some consulting. And I actually had to be pulled back in the direction of phrase and exact and manual. And so that's why now I'm approaching it as just basically separate things inside of this one account called Google Ads. Hmm. And as I've separated it, that's when I felt like I've been able to best handle uh, and manage them together, but by just keeping them separate because, and I guess maybe that's my main point to answer the question. Yes, this stuff can work, but it, to me, I'm best able to do it when I look at it as a, basically a separate form of marketing because Chris broad match keywords, they can take into account the searches that the person did recently. They probably take into account the websites that the person visits how can you account for that with our traditional skill set of like search terms and negative keywords? It's like a totally different, it's a totally different kind of skill set and, and form of marketing, if you will. Mm. Well, we're not entirely sure that that exact and, and, and phrase don't do that as well. And they, they probably do. Um, it's, but the, the whole thing is like with search terms, it's like with phrase and exact, basically basically the search terms that you're going to show up on are what you're wanting. And if right. they're not, you probably block them with broad. If you go into that mindset, the search terms report of a broad keyword campaign, and you say, I'm going to block bad searches. You're not going to have any search terms potentially that you show up on anymore. Cause you're going to see everything in there. You're going to be like, no, this is not exactly what I want to show up on. This is not exactly yeah. what I want to show up on. So if you take that leap of faith and go, well, Maybe I want to show up on this. Maybe I don't, but I want conversions. I want leads. And let's see the quality of those leads. But yeah. And one final thing I'll say here, Chris, and I think you've probably seen this. When you do responsive search ads and you do broad match keywords and you do smart bidding, it kind of unlocks a lot of volume. And the question is, is, is that volume good or not? That's a different conversation and different uh, things you have to judge. But like, if you're needing more volume, Google tells us to do that. And I have seen it kind of unlock different industries. Yeah. Interesting. It's a very interesting time in, in Google Ads these days, Chris. Yeah. And I, I will say you can get too far away from search terms and manual and exact. And once you do that, uh, it's nice to come back to it and you realize, oh, it is nice to just show up on the right things and get good quality leads. So I'm seeing the benefits of both. Okay, well, let's take a jump over from Nashville to Minnesota, and we're going to hear a question from Brett. Have you ever been to Minnesota, Chris? Abs St. Paul, Minnesota? Abs no, absolutely not. Nope. We did a museum tour there. We went to the, I think it's called the Transportation Museum of Minnesota, and then we went to the History Museum of Minnesota, and they were both in St. Paul. 
So we made a weekend out of it. Wow. It's a cool little city. Yeah. Transportation museum. Does that have yeah. like trains, planes? And trains, all? trains and cars and automobiles. Yeah, that, the, okay. that kind of thing. It was it was a fun time. Okay. I'll that, send you some pictures. That does, yeah. I, I would, I, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, hey guys, I've been listening to your podcast on the bus ride to work for a few years and I'm looking for some general advice in a Google search campaign. I run Google search ads for a luxury apartment developer. I have a good campaign build and I have a website uh, and I have website conversions for forms and phone call tracking. Okay, Brett, sounded good so far. I've been looking through these campaigns and noticed that most of the search terms are for competitor apartment names. Generally, I want to show up for people searching for things like two bedroom apartment in X city or best luxury apartments. There have been some conversions on the competitor apartments, but not much. So the question, would you recommend going through search terms and making competitor apartment names a negative keyword? He says, I'm not specifically targeting any competitors, but they are hitting on the general non-brand keywords regularly. You, and he's using phrase match. Thank you, and I appreciate the show. Good question, Brett. Competitor stuff is always a question that we get. Jason, what are your thoughts on this one? So first thought is competitor should always be in its own ad group at a minimum or its own campaign. I put it in its own campaign so you can control the budget. But the question, should you go through the search terms and add competitors, competitor apartment names as negative keywords? I would say you have to listen to the full full answer here, everyone listening. But yes, you should add the competitors as negatives to the non-competitor ad group or campaigns. So if you're targeting luxury apartments in St. Paul or two-bedroom apartments by the Transportation Museum, if you're targeting those keywords and you're showing up on competitor apartment names, add the competitors as negative keywords. But that leads to a further question. Should you target competitor apartment buildings or should you target competitors in general, we can open up the conversation. So Chris, first of all, do you agree that if you're running non-competitor keywords that, and you're showing up on competitor search terms that you should start adding competitors as negatives to those non-competitor ad groups, non-competitor campaigns? Yes. hundred percent. Absolutely. Keep them separate. Yep. Now the second question in general, should you run competitor keywords? Um, sure. I mean, every strategy is worth testing. I mean, I'm I'm not really a fan of it. I mean, most of the time, whenever companies come to me and and say, "Hey, can we can we also launch a competitor campaign strategy?" You know, I think, okay, uh, but first, are you going to take budget away from my primary campaign to do that? Or are you going to add additional budget for me to use? And they're like, "Oh no, we don't have any additional budget. We're just wondering if you could test that as well." And I'm like, "I'm barely scraping by on the budget you've given me." And no way I'm taking from the primary, you know, possibly losing the, uh, the, the value that I have there and putting it, you know, taking a third of it, a fourth of it, whatever, and putting it into competitors. No, I won't do it. So the only way that I'd be behind it is if I have a well-funded, uh, account that has plenty of budget and we we're looking on scaling things, you know, taking things further, spending more, more volume, stuff like that. But from any account that's underfunded, struggling, limited budget, stuff like that. No, don't want to do it. Not an advocate for it at all. Yeah, and I, I think the reason why is because when someone searches luxury apartments near me or two-bedroom apartments, St. Paul, we know as much as we can know, but and it's I think it's 
safe to say basically 100% of those searches are people looking for a new apartment to move to. But if someone searches the so-and-so apartment building or the so-and-so apartment complex, we don't know, we know that ratio is not 100%. It could be three out of 10 people searching for that competitor name are open to looking for a new apartment. And that's why they're searching for it because they're looking for a new apartment. It could be one out of 10. It could be 0.2 out of 10. Yeah. Yeah, Like close to zero. And so, but it also could be five and that differs for different searches, but you also what one positive that can come from that is potentially someone searching for a compet like a competitor luxury apartment building. Those cost per clicks for that competitor luxury apartment building might be cheaper than luxury apartment St. Paul because they're lower quality keywords and there's less people advertising on them. So that lower cost potentially can make up for the fact that there's a lower ratio of people doing the search that are even open to what you're offering. But I agree with you, Chris. If you have a limited budget, spend it on the stuff where we know for with certainty that the person doing the search is open to looking for what you offer. And that's pretty much how you judge it. One final thing I've added to this thinking about competitors recently, it is so different industry by industry, Chris. Some like you have no chance uh, when you show up on a competitor name of ever getting business. And sometimes you do. And so what I do is I put myself in the search user's shoes. Why would I be searching for a competitor luxury apartment building? Is it to pay my bill or is it because something good, like I'm thinking about moving there and then put yourself in the shoes and why would you do that search yourself? And if you're open to something new, that would be the time where maybe you try some competitor ads if you have the budget. There you go. Yeah. Yep. So I think we agree on that. So Chris, this next question comes from Piyush from India and, uh, Many, many years ago, I did not buy Titan oh, stock, Chris, of course. Uh, but I do have a Titan watch, which I, I wear every day. So I have a lot of friends in India, and uh, we have this question from Piyush from India. So how to choose your first bids for manual bidding? So Piyush writes in, how do you determine the max CPC bid limit for manual bidding for a keyword when starting out a new campaign? In a new account. So basically, if you want to run manual bids, how do you know what to set your bids at if you're starting out a new campaign in a new account? Boy, this is, yeah, this is a really common question. Um, I actually have two different answers on this. Uh, First answer is going to be based on how fast you need to move on this and how much time. If you are very cautious and you have time to kind of just mess around and, and, and try some things and, and you want to be very cautious and and not waste any spin, this is a very you know thin margin, then in that case, you should always spend less than you think. You know, so if you're just throw a guess out there, you know, um, you know uh, typically a good guess is three dollars. You know, most industries can can be within that three dollar range and you can probably get clicks. Now if you're on a really tight margin, then take that and cut it in half, say $1.50, okay? Start there and then start to bump up as you start to see, you know, are you spending the full budget? Are you showing up? You know, stuff like that. If you're if you're not, then keep bumping up from there and get more aggressive. Option two is this. If you are on a short timeline and you need to see if this is going to work, you know, you're launching a Christmas campaign and it's like, 
November 1st. And you don't need to, you don't have a whole lot of time to mess around. You need to get some data and start rolling through here. Then go heavier than you think. If you know, start with that $3 bid and then double it, start with a six and then pull things down. If you are, you know, overly aggressive, you're hitting top position, like 70% of the time, um, pull it down. So that's usually how I base things. And if you're neither one of those, you're not in a hurry. And it's also not super thin margin. Then go with $3. You know, I'm just going to throw a number out there, Jason. I mean, at this, because people ask this question so much, it's so hard to say, just throw $3 out. Most industries can get something for $3 and you'll know right away. If you listen to the show, you're going to hear a lot of information about metrics and things like that. You'll know if that's too high, that's too low. You'll know pretty fast. Yeah, Chris. So Sir Isaac Newton, he had his law of physics and his third law of physics is that for every action, there is an equal and opposite reaction. Thank you so much. And if you put pressure on me, I'm running the opposite way and you're never going to see me again in any aspect of my life. Wow. I don't do pressure. Oh, and what? if you don't have time to figure out your bid through maximized clicks running for two to four weeks, then I don't have time for you. <laughs> I don't want to play. I don't want to play games with $1 bids. I don't want to play games with $3 bids. I don't want to be the guy with an amazing opportunity running a mesothelioma account and when the bids are going to need to be hundreds and hundreds of dollars right. and then go from one dollar to two dollars to two dollars to three yeah <laughs> for three months and then lose a client because we didn't get one click yeah yeah there is a way to do this and that is to set your campaign to maximize clicks okay forget forget the limit that's what i do forget the limit okay. oh should we click that limit button no you can't click it anymore moving on don't put the limit in place. Just put a budget, a daily budget that you're comfortable with. Let the system do its thing for two to four weeks. Don't pressure me. You'll get an equal and opposite reaction. And I'll run away from you. <laughs> You'll lose the best Google Ads manager on the planet. Because if you just give me two to four weeks, we'll know what the cost per click range is. We'll see where Google decides to bid us. We'll see what that comes in with the impression share lost due to ad rank. We'll see where that comes in with the absolute top percentage and top percentage columns. And we'll know where we're at with that cost per click. And then we can, in a very informed way, adjust the bids from there manually. Wow. I think it's a great one-two strategy. Okay. And um, if you don't if you don't know what your cost per click should be, I think it's a great place to start. That said, Chris, if you have s some experience and a skill set, you can know that mesothelioma won't be $1. You can know that maybe the starting bid needs to be $50 on day one or $100. And so if you have some experience in that regard on different industries, you don't have to do the automated bidding, maximize clicks, because you can kind of know where you're at each day and go, oh, we bid $20. We lost out over 90% due to ad rank. I'm not going to bid $22. I'm going to bid 40. Yeah. So you can know that if you have some experience, but if you don't, or it's a brand new industry, there's a beautiful strategy of maximize clicks and let it run for two to four weeks with a daily budget you're comfortable with. You'll get the most clicks possible for the budget. That's what the strategy lays out. And then you can get more nuance from there with manual bids. Hard to argue with that. Yeah. You know, after all these 333 episodes, we're not going opposite directions. We're not, we're not drifting apart. We're heading in the same direction. But we're just in different lanes now. So many years later. On some points, some points we're together. We're in the same lane. That's together. fine. That's fine, Chris. That's fine. Um, you have to do what's good for you. Yeah. And 
I'm not leaving manual bids. I'm not leaving exact match. Of course I'm not. I, I have certain industries where I only run exact match and manual bids. I have certain industries where I run exact and phrase. But there's a lot of cases where I am realizing the environment that we all live in now. And I'm trying to grow in that regard as well. So, uh, but, but, but listen to how boxed in, I feel like maybe we were in the past to think that it's controversial to run maximize clicks for two to four weeks with a daily budget you're comfortable with in the grand scheme of things. Why is it, that's not so bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's not the most unautomated thing to do. You just turn it back to manual. You're getting some data. I think back in the day we had been pushed, we had been pushed and, and uh, kind of hit so hard with bad experiences with automated stuff that we just ran in the other direction, like yeah. L- Newton's third law. But then we ran into a brick wall because things are changing these days. Um, but again, Chris, I have seen better performance. And I'll tell you this. In the past, I would set up maximized clicks and I would be unhappy with the performance. These days, I set up maximized clicks and I go, that's reasonable. That's reasonable. I know what to watch out for. I know that it could pick out some keywords in this campaign that I don't really think are going to get a lot of volume. Then all of a sudden they do. I know what to look for. But I think for this specific strategy or this situation, it's an amazing way to kind of know where you're at with the minimal amount of stress or making the wrong decision, trying to figure it, figure it out yourself early on. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to jump over to Leo from San Diego, California. He has a question here. Hi, Jason and Chris. Long time. Hold, hold on, hold on, Chris. Hold on. You ever been out to San Diego? Oh, uh, yes. It's it's one I did. You have. I have. Did you stay at the hard the Hard Rock? That's my place. No, no, I did not. Okay. Did you go to the gas lamp district? Or sorry, I was the there. I was there. Quarter, work, I was there the working. You blow some steam at night in the gas lamp gas lamp quarter. You didn't go down down there. Uh, no, no, I was working. Great restaurants, great bars, great nightlife. No, I don't know where that is. I walked on the that long pier. Is that San Diego? Yeah. Yeah. I walked on yeah. that pier. Yeah. I stayed right there. It's a good time? Uh no, I was by myself. I was working. So I was doing some Google Ads stuff there and Nice. I no, I didn't really have a great time. I mean, I was working. Cool. Well, check out if we go back there for the uh, Paid Search Podcast Conference mm-hmm. 2023. Yeah, uh, we'll do kind of an after the conference dinner at the gas lamp. Yeah, I'll be I'll be just zooming in on that. Okay. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't travel anymore. Um, Jason and Chris, longtime listener of your show, Oliver and I listen on the drive to school slash work. By the way, Oliver is missing the emphasized yes in the mornings. Jason, we maybe, all we all kind of the old Jason. I said hi to Jimmy. I had said hi to Jimmy last week. Oh, I was yeah. sat around listening all day. He never said hi back. I don't know where he is. Mm. Um, but if but if he comes out again, maybe we'll bring back Jimmy. Bring he, back he is still uh, Roger. He's we'll still bring, El- bring back he, yes. He's still alive. Like he, I, I'd kind of worry about him. Yeah, he's I alive. He is, yeah, he sends sends me postcards. Oh wow! Oh, so he's not here. Okay, interesting. All right, uh, Leo continues. My question is about negative negative keyword match types. I have a client who wants to target whole house window replacements. We have the keyword, exact match, average price to replace windows, which triggers two types of search terms. One is something like average cost of window replacement, and another one is cost to replace windows in house. 
We want to avoid people searching for a single window replacement. The ideal job is the, the whole house, the full house. What is the best way to block singular window replacement searches? My thoughts are uh, to negative out with broad match window replacement. And he would love our excellent expert opinion on the matter. Keep up the excellent work, guys. By far the best podcast on Google Ads on the planet. So, Chris, this is a situation where it, it's kind of a B2B, B2C situation where, where we run into those where it's like maybe you're doing B2B. In this case, it's not B2B, but it's like you're doing the whole house. You want the whole house. Yeah. But most of the searches are B2B aspect, or in this case, most of the searches, even though they're both B2C, are for possibly one window. So it's like the stuff you want is not that high volume. The stuff you're going to get that's high volume is not a lot of what you want, but some of what you want is is kind of inside of that group of what you don't want. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've got some ideas here, but generally kind of how do you approach a situation like that? Uh, Jason, it's going it, to, I mean, I know our, our podcast here is about solving Google ads issues, but mm-hmm. I don't think this is a Google ads issue. I don't think that uh. you should let your client boss you around like this whenever the, the precision of what someone's looking for is so, the line is so thin that you can you can lose quality traffic so easily. My thought is, uh, listen, I'm going to get you people calling you that want window replacements. I mean, if I see something that is explicit, like repair single broken window pane, you know, or something like that, great, I'll block it. But yeah, add, add the word single, add the word one as yeah, negatives. Yeah, but but in no way. What I go so far is to say, just because they don't put an S on window replacement and don't say window replacements or windows replacement, you know, something like that. No, I'm not going to block it. I don't, I don't advocate for it. And no way would I say that that's a good idea. This is a business issue that you need to solve and go to the person's house, quote them, and then try and sell them 15 more windows as well. You know, no, this isn't a Google ads problem. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It's uh, you're you're trying to ask the Google Ads manager here to thread the needle uh, a little too much to the point where there's no needle left, and you're just not going to get any traffic if you have the word window as a negative. Because if someone has multiple windows that need to be replaced or r- repaired, they'll, they'll majority of the time they'll search window replacement San Diego, window replacement Los Angeles. Yeah. Mean and a lot of time maybe they have one window, but a lot of times they'll have more windows. So some things you can do. Um, it's just basically accept the situation you're in. And this is a situation where people who have what you want, a whole house that needs windows versus people who don't have what you want, one or two windows, they're going to be searching it the same exact way 97, 99% of the time. So you have cost per conversion, you have your numbers, and you just have to account for the fact that a lot of your conversions won't actually become jobs. Uh, with a better cost per conversion goal. And you just let the the low quantity of conversions that actually will get through kind of adjust what you want to pay for your cost per conversion. One thing you can do is you can, a couple more options. You can find the few searches people do that are perfect and ideal, like whole house window replacement. It's just not a natural search that a lot of people will do. Yeah, but that's maybe, weird. Maybe... But maybe some people will do it. So basically, you target those as exact match. And then you need to find 
I was going to say something else, but you need to find your courage. And <laughs> you need to find your courage and you, you need to you need to bid yeah. those aggressively. Yeah. Aggressively. Yeah. Aggressively. So when they do search, it's not that you're, you're blocking the stuff that you don't think is good. When the positive does come out, boom, you're there. You have full coverage of those and then you're just You don't even want to know what I would bid on those. I would I would bid those so high. Yeah. Uh, because you have to, because they're going to be low volume. So you got to be there. Yeah. One final point. idea, and, and this is kind of you know a nice thing about playing in the broad keyword space and the automated space these days is target those keywords you really like. You really like that probably no one's searching for or that often at all. Whole house window replacement. Throw them on as broad keywords, and then see what comes in in the search terms report, and use the broad keyword campaign as kind of a research tool to find different search term ideas that can become keywords. Uh, that's another kind of use usage for, for broad keywords. Cause maybe there's some ways people are searching for it that you, you don't even know uh, because like, uh, so an old house, so cost to replace windows in an old house, an old house would lend itself to someone that has a lot of window problems. Yeah. And so maybe that's multiple jobs. I would have never thought of uh, old house unless I would have uh, spent a thousand dollars running a campaign just for Leo because I ran a br bunch of broad match keywords because uh, I made all that money with Titan stock Chris back uh, over the last 15 years in India and uh, when I'm not spending it going to the transportation museum of St. Paul in Saint Minnesota Paul. Yeah. or or uh, parting it up in the gas lamp district quarter in uh, San Diego yeah. I'm spending money for Leo on Google ads and uh, you can get ideas like that by running broad match keyword. I have an idea here, Chris. Uh, why don't you go tell your wife it's a horrible haircut and uh, ask her to shave the whole thing off. Why don't you do that during our break? And we'll be back right after this. Welcome back. I want to remind you about optio.com slash PSP. They're currently running right now a two-month free trial of their tool. And when you when you try their tool, you'll find things in your account that you never thought of before. Things it's gonna alert you about pausing bad ads that aren't working, writing new ads to replace them, uh, increasing keyword bids like 12%, you know, because based on certain factors that they're they're looking at, adjusting adjusting location bids, negative keywords, pausing duplicate keywords. These are the kind of things that you can do at the push of a button, optio.com slash PSP. Okay, thanks, Chris. So uh, next question comes from JT from Greenville, South Carolina. I've got uh, cousin out in Greenville, so oh, I'm out course. there every every spring. I like to go out there when the weather's good, and I ride my bike on the Falls Park on the Reedy. It's like this big park, and uh, we ride bikes out there. Yeah, so really enjoy that beautiful place. Are you, are uh, you doing of, this of, because of JT's comment about what he says at the end of this message? This is uh, that you're just no, flexing. You're no, flexing on a, me because you're so world traveled. I have a cousin out there, and we we ride our bike on False Trip on the Reedy. I'm like, impressed. It's a really I know nice no, place. Yeah. Know nothing about Greenville. I know nothing about South Carolina. Very like a very booming place, like booming. Okay. 
Well, uh, a lot of big industrial. JT has some advice for uh, me at the end of the question. Um, so we'll. Yeah. Yeah. So JT says, hi, guys. First, let me say I have picked up some invaluable tips and knowledge regarding Google Ads from listening to you for the past two years. Thank you, JT. So I have often played with your suggestions from SCAG setups, uh, service to keyword ad groups, and the lazy man builds, etc. I was very excited and hopeful for establishing some performance max campaigns based on the last few episodes uh, that you focus on performance max. However, after a 30-day sampling... That's not enough time. <laughs> I have to say that Performance Max is sinking my account performances. Impressions are great, but a less than 2% click-through rate is not. This may be relative to the industry that I'm in, but I was hoping to hear you possibly address Performance Max again through the prism of particular industry segments, why it works great for some and not others. For now, I'm pumping the brakes on Performance Max, but hope to gain some insights from an upcoming episode. Thank you for all you do in making the topic of Google Ads uh, palatable in palatable. the podcast format. Palatable. 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 I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to reckon here. This is not a word. Uh, palatable. We'll, we're going to search it right Easily here. consumable. That's what he's referring it's to. An, it's an adjective. A very, a palatable local red wine. Pleasant to taste. Yeah. Acceptable or satisfactory. Mm-hmm. It's a compliment. Well, hey, you know that, yeah. I'll I'll take it. That's why we'll we'll take it. That's why we're here. So okay. we appreciate it, JT. So, P.S. Hoping someone can get Chris a world atlas for the holidays, but seriously, don't change a thing. <laughs> Dang, that's a very specific <laughs> dig right there, Chris. I saw that. I left that in just so you know, JT. I edit these questions and I left that in. I thought that was pretty funny. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, so yeah, for performance max. You know, I've been running to this with some with some clients as well. Sometimes it's working great. Sometimes I'm. I'm getting feedback where they're saying it's not working so great. So first thing I would say is... Wait, you uh, get to read the question and answer it? When it comes to performance max. Oh, yeah. oh you do. <laughs> just, just, do, just do, you, uh, do, you have, do you have performance max? <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. That's okay, fine. well, right. I do. You're right. Yeah. So 30 days is not enough. But at the same time, I would say this. Uh, there's specific settings inside of performance max and specific targeting options and if you get those wrong, you're not going to be happy with the performance. So you have to know what you're doing with all the targeting, with all the settings. And then, yeah, I would I would give it more than 30 days if your settings and targeting are correct. Uh, one other thing here, Chris, is that when it comes to click-through rate and traditional Google Ads statistics, other than freaking conversions and freaking cost per conversion, you need to forget about it. Like, this is not a campaign where you need to focus on click-through rate. We're talking ads on map. We're talking ads on YouTube. We're talking ads on Gmail. We're talking ads everywhere. And what the heck are the click-through rates going to be on those? Like, it's just a totally different thing. That said, Chris, performance max, since we talked about it about a month ago, any news on that with you? Or are you still kind of I am looking into it a little bit. It's it's still just another tool in the tool belt, but it's not it's not my hammer. It's not gotcha. It's not my main tool. No, it's just a it's an accessory for me still. I, yeah, I'm trying to think of what tool uh, it would be for me. I probably it's, shouldn't. It, you know, no. Here's the thing. I'm not. You know, I'm not a tool guy. Yeah, me neither. Um, I'm not a tool in general. I'm a pretty good guy uh, uh, once you get to know me. Yeah. But and I think I can get something out of you. But yeah, 
That's, that's a the, joke, Chris. Yeah. You're supposed to laugh at oh, it. No, I, it's not true. That's not a joke. That's you're just. Did being, you see how much I cared about talking to you before the episode started today? <laughs> yeah, it's because you're exactly right. Because when we turned on the screen, we turned on the camera. Jason's like, "Oh, hi, everyone." Hey. <laughs> Three seconds before, he's like, "You ready to go?" All right, let's. No, go. that's not true at all. That's <laughs> not, we're exaggerating for the for the comedic effect here, um, Chris. But it's not a tool in my toolbox. It's me. Saying, oh, I don't have the right tool. I'm going to call in the professionals. Yeah. And they're going to come do something for me because that's what Performance Max is. I need this thing built. I don't have the tools to build it. Come build it for me. Come get me the cost per conversion I want. Come get me conversions. That's pretty much the reason you run Performance Max because it's doing things that you can't do as a as a manager, whether you want to do automated or manual. It's like totally different things. It puts a bunch of things together. But his question here, Chris working better for different industries than other industries. Um, I would say, yes, I have seen that. Uh, I've seen it work really well for some industries. I've seen it work not as well for different industries. I would say over time, it's only going to get better and better because it'll get more data and, and kind of figure it out. But yeah, that's what, that's what I've seen so far with it. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, JT, I think you're, Right on with that question. Dude, Chris, why why do you keep saying JT? Do, do you love that name? Do I you always, know a JT? I always address, in the questions, I always like to address the people by their name. I'm a professional. I'm addressing the question. There's this some, isn't to something you. about you and not JT. Ta- not talking to you. Maybe, 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 maybe it's that JT makes me think of JC, and JC makes me think of JC Chazé and... uh what? That's kind of who you look like. I don't mixed know. with the little chain. Oh, is, is that that soccer guy that you keep talking? No, about? it's the guy from NSYNC. Oh, oh gosh! If if he had a baby with Chael Sonnen, what? And and maybe Mike the situation from Jersey Shore. <laughs> that is you, Chris. Okay, I know who you the look situation like a combination is. of Chael Sonnen, the situation, and JC Chazé from uh, NSYNC. Okay, well, um, I'll have to think about. You have to look it up. Who had to have a baby to make you. But uh, let me answer JT's question. JT, I absolutely agree that there are some major missteps when it comes to some industries and some wins on others with Performance Max. I have been very unhappy. I mean, just to speak in generalities, um, I, I do not like Performance Max for business to business, B2B stuff. Not a fan of it. That's one thing. So yes, I do think in particular industry segments, particular types of things, depending on what you're going after, I you know the performance max tool. I don't consider it to be a major strategy for me. It's 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 just a, another tool in addition to other things that I might try. It's absolutely a no go. It's it's a it's a non starter for me. I would go with other strategies in some industries. B two B is one in particular, very small specific types of things where you're looking for a very particular type of consumer uh, traffic. Uh, you know, very very not very, not very well known type of service or product. You know, where people may not be searching for it very much. Where Google doesn't really have any data on you know what that looks like, who needs to see it, those kind of things. I don't I don't really like to do. Um, Performance Max campaigns for. I, I will make a prediction about Performance Max, Chris. I, I did this a few years ago with uh, Maps, and I said Google's just going to keep doubling down on Maps, and they're going to be a big factor here with with Google Ads. I, I think Performance Max is here to stay. 
I think they throw a lot at the wall. They throw a lot of different names out there, brand a lot of different things and kind of see what sticks. And I'm, I'm seeing it. It's either sticky or they're making it stick for us. But like, I, I see them being very serious about performance max and us talking about that five, 10 years from now. Like I, I think it's going to be around because I, I think it makes a lot of sense for them business wise to make the, most use of all their assets at the same time if if people can get it to work I, I i've seen it work really well and it's a nice compliment to just search like you could almost call search these days just search just search works really really good but a lot of advertisers they do search and they're like yeah this works really really good i've got this other budget maybe tv ads stuff i don't like spending money on it and if i could just get a little confidence to bring that over for the branding kind of social aspect of what's possible with google ads and youtube i think people are wanting to do it uh so i think it's sticky i think it's going to be around yeah are we going to call it is that it yeah chris we're gonna we're gonna leave it there i was just thinking about how much of a good time i had yeah. today with you and how much i'd like to travel with you Go around the country, go around the world. I'm impressed. And uh, see some of these sites, yeah. I'm impressed with all the travel. I mean, I, Jason and I, I mean, other than like going snow skiing into the beach, I mean, like, I, I mean, I don't go anywhere else other than just like vacation stuff. I mean, uh, um, it's just not uh, not something I, I do much of, so yeah. Well, start coming with me. Maybe we'll do some little uh, paid search podcast conferences. Maybe we'll do some meetups and uh, we'll, wow. we'll kind of- do some uh, business and pleasure. Uh, mix it all together with you, Chris. I, I yeah. I, like I said, I'll, I'll zoom into those. You can go. You can. Go. Okay. Well, well, it's an open invitation. Whether you want to ride bikes in Greenville, whether you want to go to museums in uh, in St. Paul, or whether you want to just party it up with me in the gas lamp quarter in San Diego, I'm here for you. We're here for you. We'll be here uh, every week here on the Paid Search Podcast. Chris, you're at Chris. Schaefer.com. I'm at RothmanPPC.com. Links are in the description. And again, send us your questions, paidsurpodcast.com, and we will see you next week.